There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm your host this evening, Emma Platt, and I'll be joined by my two favourite Chris's, Chris Byrne and Chris Haig. Hi. Oh, hi. Uh, which is your favourite? Yeah, I'll do it. number one? Chris. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. So did I. <laughs> I'd like to start this show with a little bit of a, a warning. Well, spoiler, it's in the title, let's face it. <laughs> well, yeah. some people don't read the titles. Some people are Please read the title for this, please. Please, yeah. <laughs> If you are a fan of the works of Woody Allen, please stop listening now, because this is not a love letter. Being tribute to his works, no, it's called "We Hate Woody Allen for a Reason," because <laughs> we here, myself, and the two Chris's, we hate Woody Allen. He is a fucking cunt. I, I don't hate the guy. I just I just think he's overrated. I'm- I love him, but that's more on like a personal level. Well, so. I hate Woody Allen, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think the this podcast, we've been begging for an episode like this for a really long time. Yeah. I think it started on an episode of Black Hole Cinema, Cinema sometime in the summer when we weren't talking about Woody Allen, because when are we ever on top of... But wasn't, it, it, got, wasn't it Ant-Man? I, no, because that was just me and you, wasn't oh. it? Yeah, I did do Ant-Man. Uh... Something else. But anyway, we were talking about something else. And then we got onto how we all feel that Woody Allen is overrated. And it quite quickly descended into a <laughs> mood of swearing and, quite frankly, personal attacks on his integrity as a person. Yeah. And we've been making loads of jokes to Tony about how we need our own podcast. And he gave us this episode. So... You are in for a treat tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I just reckon we should just like go like, yeah, my hand, yeah, that's rubbish. So, uh, what about Deadpool then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably get round yeah. to something like that because we just really piss are... like, like, p- like really piss off Tony's like uh, schedule. Like, right, I've got a Deadpool episode coming up, and then we just like <laughs> shit all over. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think we could stay on topic if we tried. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm guessing about 10% of this podcast will probably be, be about Woody Allen. <laughs> That's pretty much... a, a good 10%, though, like quality yeah. 10%. Yeah. I'd just like to remind you all that we are, yeah, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you'd like to give us a like and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. And now that that's out the way, let's <laughs> pick a flick. Our first Woody Allen crap fest is... <laughs> 2013's pretentious wankery Blue Jasmine. Oscar winning Blue Jasmine. So it's award winning wankery. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Blue Jasmine is a 2013 American drama film written and directed by Sir Woody Allen. You fucking wishes. The film tells the story of a rich Manhattan socialite played by Kate Blanchett who falls onto hard times and has to move into her sister's apartment in San Francisco. Blue Jasmine received praise from critics because they're all pretentious wankers too, particularly for Blanchett's performance. Blanchett won an Academy Award for Best Actress. I'm going to babysit you. I'm a good babysitter. Yeah. No? <laughs> you should babysit. I used to babysit when, when I was a teenager. It's how you make extra money. Mom said you never did any work because you were so rich. Well, I didn't know what I wanted to become. And how? My, my husband, he swept me off my feet. Blue Moon was a song that was playing. You know the song, Blue Moon. Yeah, but I... I always wanted to do something with my life. You know, I had energy. I didn't just shop and lunch and go to matinees. You know, I ran charities for poor people. Ran, you know, raised some money for museums and schools. You know, with wealth comes responsibilities. I wasn't just some mindless consumer like so many of my so-called friends. Though I won't say I dislike buying pretty clothes. Tip big, boys. Tip big because you get good service and they count on tips. You know, someday when you come into great wealth, you must remember to be generous. Mom said you used to be okay, but you got crazy. Yeah, and then you talk to yourself. Well... There's only so many traumas a person can withstand till they take to the streets and start screaming. That's right, boys. They picked me up on the street talking to myself and gave me something called Edison's Medicine. Why Edison? Because they use electricity to get your thinking straight. See, everything unraveled so quickly. You know, I started experiencing anxiety and claustrophobia and this acute fear of death. You know, I had uh, nightmares and a nervous breakdown. I mean, you, you must have heard of Prozac and lithium. Well, all those drugs just made me worse. Of course, you know, I probably did suspect that not everything Hal did was always 100% above board. Christ, I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to think his phenomenal success was too good to be true. But a cheat is a cheat. And when he had other women, I just flipped out. You know, one thing led to another. And... But that's all history, boys. I met someone. I'm a new person. So, uh, Emma, what, um, what do you think of Blue Jasmine? <laughs> yeah. 
Tell Big us about your thoughts. of pretentious wankery. Like, everything he fucking does, everything he fucking touches is pretentious, pandering to the Academy bullshit. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't uh, okay, I'm going to defend Woody a little bit here. Um, I don't think... He- I don't think he panders to the academy because he doesn't even show up for the award season. He did, well, sorry, it was so this season. He doesn't even show up to the uh, ceremony. You know, every time he gets nominated, he's like, "Oh, I'm playing jazz somewhere," which I think is kind of like I, I like that they kind of like, "Yeah, fuck you, I don't give a shit." But you know, I think it's more on the case of uh, you know, I say this while drinking red wine, but <laughs> I, you know, but I, I, it's like I always picture like whenever Woody Allen brings out a film, like all these like sort of. You know, broad cheap critics who are like just basically just up themselves. Like, oh, have you seen no new Woody Allen film? Oh, you oh really? Oh, it's so interesting. Oh, blah blah blah. You know, it has that stigma to it. And no matter even like the the shittiest ones, like from Rome with Love, which I thought was absolute fucking pants. Plus, I hated that film more than Blue Jasmine. But it just has that kind of oh really? Oh you oh you have have you oh it's re- oh really oh really you've seen oh Woody Allen? It's just like reading into it a bit more than what it actually is, just because it is Woody Allen. He can't show up to the award shows with his fucking daughter slash baby child bride, can he really? (laughs) I mean, how can you show your fucking face in public after what you did to Mia Farrow is beyond me? She is a treasure, Woody Allen. She is a fucking treasure. Protect Mia Farrow! (laughs) Must protect Mia Farrow at all costs! And and let's be honest, Ronan Farrow as well, because what he did to her... Oh my god, I love Ronan Farrow. I have the biggest crush. I mean, thank Woody Allen for Roman Farrow, but Roman Farrow is obviously Frank Sinatra's son. Just yeah, saying. It much. is quite did, clear. Did, didn't Mia Farrow go out with Polinsky um, as well? No, no. She was married to Sinatra Drawer in the making of Rosemary's Baby, and he wanted her to make this other film with him. And he was like, if you don't leave Rosemary's Baby, I'll, I'll divorce you. And Robert Evans, the producer, said to him, Mia, you'll win an Oscar if you stay on. So she didn't, um, she didn't leave, and Sinatra divorced her. But now I can tell my favourite story ever about Frank Sinatra. But they stay close friends, and when she found out about Woody Allen soon, Frank Sinatra offered to break Woody Allen's legs for her. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that like the best thing about Frank Sinatra ever? He is a a bit of a bastard, but he is like, you wouldn't want to piss him off. No, no. Because, you know, but things though, I think with Sinatra, I don't think he. W- I can't picture him doing it himself. He'd like, oh, no. he orders mob mates to go around and just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to get his hands dirty. I mean, look, look okay, is your issue with Woody Allen more the fact that it's his personality rather than his films? His, his personality pisses me off because he's just. He's just well, he, him as a person, really. Him like, as a person. Yeah. He's just whole little like. I think I think he was born a fifty-year-old, like anxious Jewish man with no, with a receding hairline. I don't think Woody Allen was ever a child. I think he just appeared on the streets of New York one day, it, like it, it, with it, the big glasses on. He <laughs> pisses me off. I just can't stand the fucker. Like when he was um, he was offered to help write a screenplay, and I can't remember. I think it was What's Up, Pussycat, with him, Warren Beatty. And they asked him to do, like, a rewrite of it. And he was like, oh, can I put, like, myself in it a little bit? So they said, yeah. And his part getting bigger, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And in the end, he hands in this draft where he was the main character and he got to run around with all these busty blondes. Like, what inflated sense of ego and confidence does this man dare to have? That yeah. this unknown little weedy fuckwit gets <laughs> to do that? And people were just like, oh, okay then, okay then. And he basically, every time he puts himself in a film... 
he he plays himself as this insatiable sex god. Has he not oh, got a god. fucking mirror? Well, like, like a, a self-loathing Jewish, like anxiety-ridden, like oh, I I I don't know why I just I just I like you know, my god, I can't help it. I can't. I've, yeah. already, I've already had three divorces, and I can. I'm in my. I'm thirty-three. I mean, I I I mean, ugh, I mean, I I don't. I can't help it. Why Why do I fall in love with? I'm gonna save most of my venom for Manhattan because I fucking hate that film, Manhattan. <laughs> and Tony Black, you wouldn't be so fucking sorry you nominated that film. I swear to God. <laughs> oh no, um, I think the film, if like the film he was writing was everything he wanted to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. And like Annie Hall gets proper bummed about, like, oh my God, it's so feminist. She wears pants. It's so amazing. It's so romantic. It's not. It's pretentious wankery. And if you're sitting there thinking, but wait, hang on a minute, Emma. No, stop. It's pretentious wankery. Anyway, Blue Chris, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there. I was there, just like, okay, I like the title, Blue Jasmine, and I really like Kate Blanchett. And you know, one thing is that he always manages to get amazing casts. Mm. I don't know how the fuck he does it. Because he's like, Woody fucking Allen. Well, I know, but it's like. I mean, one thing I will say is that if you look through his past catalogue, and it does really reflect upon his current, like, his weird trend in films, how he keeps making the same story over and over and over again, there's always, always like an older neurotic guy who ends up attracting all this weird female attention from, like, basically a teenager. So there was, like, that Joaquin Phoenix Emma Stone film that came out last year that was shite. Oh, God. And then you've got, like, Manhattan, same thing. Magic oh, in the Moonlight? No, different one. No, no, that, uh, that, that, that's the... Uh, that's Colin Firth and Emma yeah. Stone, which, by the way, like a, he is literally old enough to be her father, mm, yeah, and it's just gross. Look so. at his wife! Look yeah, but he's not in it, though. He's not, he's not in that yeah, one. Yeah, but he's writing, the, he's writing his life story. He's trying Colin to say... Colin Firth, he's trying to say, look, people, it's okay. It's totally yeah. normal. And it's fine. Have a younger wife. I don't give a fuck. Don't go after... Your wife's adopted daughter. There are whole new levels of creepy Woody Allen. You know you made this creepy. From now on, when shit like this happens, we're going to call it a Woody Allen. Oh, well, we fell in love while you were her father. Yeah, yeah. That's the creepy thing. So, Not that you fell in love. You know, it's the fact that yeah. she, you know, you adopted that. Stop it. Do you know next time we're all watching Jeremy Kyle? Because, you know, it's always on in the background and work or something. And this fella comes on and goes, oh, I accidentally slept with me girl's mother. He pulled a Woody Allen. When you keep it in yeah. the family, but there's no actual blood ties, we're calling it a Woody Allen. So it's not like incest, it's like incest it's, it's like, yeah, it's diet incest, Chris. It's diet, diet incest. incest. All, the, all the taste, none of the actual implications. Yeah. All the guilt, but, you know, none of the nasty side effects. And I hope this is his legacy. I hope we get this to the point, you know, in 50 years when he's dead, people don't go, remember Woody Allen for all those shit films he makes? They go, huh, Woody Allen. Did he fuck his daughter? Did he marry his daughter or something? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's all these other sorts of like allegations about Woody Allen, which I'm not going to go into because I don't want to get me ass sued possibly by someone. But Hollywood. Probably Woody Allen. Probably Woody Allen. <laughs> fuck you. Come at me, Woody Allen. Come at me, bro. I fucking dare you. Tit. Could you imagine sitting there going, "Oh no, some some girl, Liverpool. She's talking nasty about me on the internet." <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna write a movie about being yeah, bullied on the internet. Exactly how he talks as well. I he can't actually, do it. He actually talks like say, he's, a, he's a West Coast what? gangster rapper. Like, oh man. And um, 
Oh, no, no, I can't do. I can't do. Well, I don't. Oh, think of that precedent. So it was like it was like Samuel L. Jackson in Jackie Brown. It, it's it was Samuel like, oh, Jackson. Man. It's Woody Allen channeling Samuel L. Jackson. I can't do the neurotic Jewish voice. I'm sorry. I apologise. Okay. It's just just like a stuttery, slower version of Tarantino. That's I pretty can't much. I do Tarantino. But after all these allegations came out, right? So many members of Hollywood supported him. Like, and I know innocent until presumed guilty and all that, but I just, I didn't like the fact that so many people came out and basically said that the accuser was lying. They publicly stated, I don't believe it. It's got nothing, stay out of it. It's got nothing to do with you. You don't need to be dragging this girl through the mud because he's Woody fucking Allen. It's exactly what's happened. Anyway, Blue Jasmine. Uh, the cast's good. <laughs> and I like, I like... Kate Blanchett, I basically she's the kind of person I would love to go. I would like to have around for dinner and just get her drunk because she's like the most fun dinner guest. That's the nice thing is I can that, say about Blue Jasmine. Is, is that like a sort of way of saying you basically want to get like Kate Blanchett drunk so you can have your way with her? Is that basically what you say? I love to have well, her no, around get drunk. Well, not really because I'm, <laughs> well, really I'm gay, but you know that's that, that's the main thing. I was there just like I just want to get her drunk because you know she's seen some shit. <laughs> you know that you, she'd be like, well, do you know what? You I just I let it slip. Go, go on. Who, who, who is in Hollywood? Who's a complete nothing twat? Go on, yeah. go on, go Who's on. really nice? Who is a complete bastard? And then it's just like I could make so much cash off that. But no, she does seem like a genuinely nice person. And Sally Hawkins is in this, and she needs yeah, more. Yeah, she's work. great. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale, who was nice, he's really started picking up work recently because I've never seen him in he's it, it, it was weird because when I first saw this, I only knew him from watching uh, the what? Or what's that? Ah, uh, that gangster <sighs> show this Buscemi. I've forgotten the name Broadway of it. Broadway Broadway Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. yeah, he was really weird and yeah, and evil on that. So I I still watched him with that kind of like sight. So when he was like being like a little bit of a of a dick in a relationship, I was like, yeah, he's he's not good, but. For, like, for I understand why I've watched Ant-Man and uh, I think uh, last year uh, D- Danny Collins was like, actually no, he's a really good actor, like, actual range is really likeable and actually convey actual real emotions and I was like, actually yeah. really impre- generally impressed and I think, what, what re-watching this again I realised, actually no, he, I don't think his character's fully fleshed out because I'm, I'm kind of not sure where he is because in one minute he's kind of like, he's like beating up furniture because he's like, he's thinking that his girlfriend's cheating on him which you know, she is to all fairness and and then like, but then he's like kind of less like with her at the end and perfectly happy to kind of do it. It's just a bit weird, but uh, I think he's really good in it. I think I think thing Woody Allen he does give good performances and he is talented as a writer slash director and as as a comedy writer. I think some of the stuff is funny. Like in Annie Hall, some of the stuff in Annie Hall is generally funny. It, but I think like what Emma says, my problems are with the material he writes. Or his talent. My problem lies in his the way he has to put himself into a film and make that self yeah. kind of like oh like I'm surrounded you know like I'm it it kind of like he, he betrays his life in film and he forgets the fact that he he's, he works in Hollywood you know he's like you know in, in Annie Hall he's a he's a struggling stand up comedian but yet like he's sleeping with girls at a drop of a hat. Even though he's meant to be seeing other girls, you know, it's just like, really? <laughs> like, and it's not really sort of frowned upon at all. It's just Do like, you know what, yeah. 
Do you know what it reminds me of? It's two points. Firstly, it reminds me a bit, if you know the description of like a Mary Sue, and I'm not talking about, oh, perfect female character, that sort of thing. It's literally someone who's inserted themselves into an existing film and made themselves perfect and, you know, all this sort of thing. So he's kind of doing a weird reflection on his kind of idealised self, which is like, oh, he's all humbling and that, but he still gets all the girls and he's like, he's got this weird sexual magnetism. But also, and this is a slightly controversial point, and I'm fine if no one shares this opinion but i don't really trust directors like big time directors i'm talking here who put themselves into films in major roles in the i it's weird i can only think of like woody allen um tarantino to some extent but it's just the whole thing where it's like are you actually doing it for the best thing of the film or are you doing it because are you Exactly, you're really so kind of self-involved and egotistical that you think there is literally no other actor that could do this because I'm basically doing the same story and playing the same character. Because I'll be honest, Woody Allen, he does so many of the similar characters. It's always the same archetype of this kind of, you know, nebbish, you know, shy kind of neurotic Jewish character in his 30s, 40s, 50s. And I watched a few of his films back-to-back yesterday in preparation for this. And it's the same character, it's the same flaws. Which ones did you watch? I watched, because, mainly because they were on Netflix, and I was like, okay. So I watched Hannah and Her Sisters, which, oh my god, that's so... Oh, I, 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 I watched that, yeah, yeah. Um, again, um, it's like Michael Payne playing Woody Allen. Woody Allen playing Woody Allen. Match exactly. Playing kind of like a slight Woody Allen, you know, and they're yeah. all kind of like arty, quite sort of, you know, like intellectually, but like, again, like, it starts off with Michael Caine, like, oh, I'm in love with my wife's sister, which is instantly dodgy. There's, there's a lot of that that goes on, though. It's like that same thing happens in Matchpoint, mm-hmm. which I hate that film so much. I, I genuinely remember seeing it in the cinema for the first time when I was about 14, and I was like, oh, what's this? Sort of thing. And I found I out, and it's horrible. It's a horrible yeah, it's, it's not really well regarded, because I think it's going to be one of uh, Woody Allen's like, serious thriller-type films rather than more comedic. Well, I I don't know, but it's just, it's, you know, what else did I watch? I watched, oh, I literally skimmed, and I did it in 10 minute intervals because I just couldn't stand it, uh, Play It Again, Sam, which is one he did with Diane Keaton, and it's basically Woody Allen exercising, what if I was the main character in Casablanca? It's it's such wankery, it's just balls. I'm going to have to disagree because I've watched that myself, and here's the thing, right, and I suppose we'll get onto it when we do Manhattan, but I I agree with you to some extent because at one point, I was like, it, it play play. It's it's pretty much more plays more like broad out comedy, really. But at the point where he goes like, "Oh, really? You're in love with your best mate's wife? Doing this again?" However, it does kind of do the thing that Manhattan should have done at the end, you know. And I think right, okay, you saved yourself there. You didn't do the whole thing, you know. And it's like. Right, okay, right, well, di- I'll let this one go, because this one has kind of, like, that moral compass, and, you know, and has is generally funny. I mean, it does have, like, some of the classic Woody Allen lines, like, you know, oh, like, I'll, like, I have my honeymoon, and I was, like, you know, in, in bed the whole week. Uh, uh, you know, I was ill, or whatever the line is. You know, that that kind of thing, and and and, uh, and the lack of laughter is, uh, is, is, is grounds for divorce, you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, it's... It, I I I must say I did not hate that film. I thought it was actually quite good, and I think you know it's if the ending for me say like like we go like with Manhattan, and you know I'm kind of with Manhattan until the very end, and that was the end where it makes me want to just throw stuff, you know. So yeah, so I, I will stick up for you know play it against Sam, you know, and plus it wasn't directed by him as well. 
is based on a play I think he wrote, but um, yeah, he wrote it, not directed it. So that's oh, maybe okay. one of the things. But I will stick up for that one. So, in the grand scheme of Woody Allen's vast filmography, where do you think Blue Jasmine stands? Middle, maybe. I, don't, I haven't seen enough of him to comment, but it, it's I very mean, look, middling. So. I mean, look, I, I do think Blue Jasmine is overrated around Oscar season. Uh, I think it's very well, again, it's Woody, I think it's very well shot, it's acted, I don't... The problem is, there isn't many characters that you give a shit about, and that is the problem, because you think, well, I don't really like you, I don't really like you... Why? I mean, like the, I mean, the, the, the characters you like. I mean, I, ironically, you know, Andrew Dice Clay. You kind of like, yeah, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> uh, Lucy K turned up. Oh, I like you, Lucy K. And he turns out to be an absolute nutbed. Yeah, there's not many of my people, but you know, first view, I wasn't really with Kate Blanchett's character. Uh, and then on second viewing, I realised, oh shit, she's mentally ill. So I felt that instantly made me feel like, oh, I can't really hate you that much now, even though you are kind of not very nice, but. You know, it, you know, it does it does play on the on the angle that yeah, you're you're not right in the head at all, and it's just kind of sad in the end. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I might be turning around to, to not quite hate Woody Allen. <laughs> quite to be honest, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but yeah, you you trip. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But no. Um. But it, you know, it's not a perfect film. You know, so. Yeah, there you are. I mean, I wasn't floored by it. So we'd like to thank the Comic Roast for the nomination of Blue Jasmine this week. Let's have a general chat about Woody Allen and his career in general. What do we know about Woody Allen? Well, I can tell you. <laughs> his name's not really Woody Allen for a start. Fucking lies. Begin no. No. His name is Alan Stewart Coinsberg, and he was born December the first, nineteen fifty. So basically, <laughs> so basically, he, he, he calls himself Woody Allen because basically he's like, yeah, I've got a hard on. My name's Alan, so I'm Woody Allen. Mm, pretty much. <laughs> so he he's an actor, comedian, filmmaker, and playwright, and he has been married three fucking times. With, most of, with his prolific partners being Diane Keaton, the angel that is Mia Farrow, and obviously his current current wife, daughter, mistress. <laughs> Whatever. So he started off as a comedy writer in the 1950s, writing jokes and scripts for television and publishing, publishing several books of short humour. In the early 60s, he began performing as a stand-up comedian. He developed a persona of an insecure, intellectual, fretful nebbish, which he maintains is quite different from his real-life personality. If it's so different from your real-life fucking personality, stop playing that character every time you show yourself on fucking screen. Twat. <laughs> Apparently, in 2004, he was ranked fourth in a list of 100 greats of stand-up comedians. The thing is that he didn't really enjoy stand-up. He literally did it as a way to get into the thing he wanted to do, which was kind of like fight comedy, really. He, ne- he never really enjoyed doing stand-up, he, he from, looks, what I, from what I understand. He looks the type to be sitting there, do you know, like one of those interviews being like, well, I don't really enjoy comedy. I'm just naturally funny, I guess. I'm just naturally oh, gifted. God. And I did it to pay the bills. He's also, unfucking surprisingly a jazz clarinetist. He plays the oh. jazz clarinet. Of course he fucking does. I bet you fucking weave your own bead and shoes as well, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's made over 40. I've just realised this is going to be like a 90 minute rant, basically, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's just going to be like 10, 10, 15 minutes of me sort of like, sort of apologising and just going like, yeah, well, he's not that bad and whatever, and whatever, and everything you guys say, he's just cut. <laughs> he's made over 40 films, with some of his best known being Annie Hall, Manhattan, <laughs> and Hannah and his sisters. Oh. He considers Match Point to be one of his best films. Is he having a laugh? Oh. Like, mo- like, have you seen most... Match Point, Woody Allen? Have you seen I it? Even, I think even Woody Allen, feel, uh, Woody Allen fans would say, would say Match Point is a. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard bad things about Scoop. I've heard, I've heard about that one. That's uh, Hugh Jackman and, uh, and Scott Johansson. Critic Roger Ebert described Allen as a treasure of the cinema. My problems with Woody Allen. He's just, he's pretentious. He's pretentious. Everything he makes is pretentious. He's fucking, ooh, I'm going to shoot black and white. It's all fucking moody. Ooh, ooh, look at me. I'm going to get all these women. Ooh, look how funny I am. Ooh, look how nervous I am. Ooh, it's so cool. You are not cool, Woody Allen. You are not fucking cool. Maybe back in the 1960s when you first started, you know, making a name for yourself, you were different. But let's look at cinema in the mid-1960s, Woody Allen. Dr. Doolittle was nominated for a fucking Oscar back then. That was a pile of shit. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew it was going to tank. So you you weren't... You're not special. You were just different. Now you've got it into your head that you are special and different and some sort of fucking auteur, and you're not. You're just not. You're a big, pretentious wanker. And first-year film students love your films because they're pretentious. It's like the first time you see Pulp Fiction and all you've ever watched before is being bleeding teen flicks like Mean Girls. But Mean Girls is awesome anyway, so that's another point. But it's like you watch something, it's different to you, and you think, oh, this has got so many layers, it's so deep. Oh, look, it's in black and white. Oh, it's got a jazz score. Wow, it's so intellectual. And that's what he go. That's what he just... He took this and he's made a career out of it and I'm not sure how. Yeah, he does get great, does get some great actors and actresses to work with him. I totally agree with what you said before, Chris Haig. But he is essentially seems to be making the same story over and over and over again. And I don't. I open the floor to you. So I feel like Emma, you're holding back. I am really, you know, I'm trying to be fair. <laughs> so, you're, I, so you're kind of ambivalent towards him, let's be I, honest, yeah, Emma. You take know. him or leave him, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's probably the most angriest pick-a-flick episode ever. <laughs> he basically, if um, if anyone out there has read the book Easy Rider Raging Bulls by Peter Biscant, there's several stories about Alan and that um, and his relationship with Warren Beatty and Warren Beatty hired him to do a couple of rewrites on his films and that's how he got his break because he was doing stand-up comedy if you haven't read that book and you're interested in film history I suggest you go pick it up because it is absolutely amazing I think he got his break in Hollywood at the right time you know like the mid to late 60s early 70s when the whole new Hollywood was coming in and when they were like when Bonnie and Clyde was being made when The Graduate was being made and all that kind of thing and I think if he had tried to make his break five years earlier, there wouldn't be Woody Allen as we know him today because he would have tanked. I don't think there would have been an audience for his film. I don't think audiences would have been ready because Hollywood, the old Hollywood, wasn't ready to die out then. It wasn't until about, I think it's 1967, 1968, I think, um, in the book Scenes from a Revolution, and I've mentioned this before, that Oscar race that year was, in the heat of the night, Dr. Doolittle, Bonnie and Clyde, The Graduate, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And it really symbolises how... New Hollywood was basically pulling back from... It was breaking away from old Hollywood, from the old studio system. And I don't think Alan would have got his break a couple of years earlier because they were still making those really formulaic movies in that really formulaic way, you know, with the studio system. And it was 
your script was written and then you kind of said, well, this actress is free, so she's going to make it and we're going to shoot it on the MGM lot and we're going to put out this many cinema. And, you know, I don't think audiences would have been ready. I don't think it wasn't until... Well, he starts out, like, if you look at his early stuff, it's all very sort of slapstick and kind of like, and, and kind of silly kind of kind of, kind of humour. It wasn't really more the kind of like, I'm Woody Allen and I'm like, I'm like myself as a serious writer. It was very much like, very much playful, more like, films like Bananas and Sleeper, you know, it's very much like like the silly comedies you would find today, I, I suppose. Not Maybe not quite, I mean, but, you know, but that's where he started. Uh, and uh... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think it's like when he started like stretching off to more serious roles that he kind of like just grew, I suppose, maybe more critically. But you know, but I'm I'm not I'm no expert on Woody Allen, so maybe there's more Woody Woody Allen fans out there who would probably go correct me a little bit. But like I, I think the Woody Allen that uh, that came on scene wasn't like the Woody Woody Allen that came out with Annie Hall in Manhattan. No, you know, it was, no, I... it was a different Woody Allen. You know, he started off as stand up, kind of doing that. I'm the Jew, I, you know, I'm like the nervous Jews, like basically telling that so those sort of jokes. Mm. But his first earlier films were a lot more silly, so that's they're probably more a lot more sellable to audiences around that time. So it's always a daft silly comedy, and it's like yeah. with the jokes probably. I mean, I'm not seeing Sleeper or Bananas or anything like that, but like, uh, I, uh, but I imagine at the time it was like people audiences were like kind of, oh, this is actually funny, you know, it's a silly humor, and then it just kind of screwed up from there. Yeah. Really. I think. I mean, he did make the um, the James Bond spoof Casino Royale back in '67 as well. Young Jimmy Bond. <laughs> by the time like he was making Annie Hall and stuff in the mid '70s, by the time he made um, Annie Hall, it was like '77, so we'd been in Hollywood for like ten or so years. And I just wonder if that the shift that was happening then it allowed him to find his kind of find his inner Woody Allen, if you know what I mean. Find the Woody in his Allen. Yeah, <laughs> you want the Woody to <laughs> And I would just. I wonder if, you know, that kind of time, has it got anything to do with how popular he appears to be? He's won 
for Annie Hall won uh, four Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actress for Diane Keaton, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Director. And like Annie Hall is, it's kind of one of those. I think it's in a, a lot of people consider it quite important for his career. I think it was um He's got this kind of like really old school like Hitchcockian, Hitchcockian, Hitchcock type thing of latching onto an actress like it was. Like Hitchcock worked with Ingrid Bergman and then Grace Kelly and um, all that kind of thing. Like a muse. Type yeah, thing. and first it was like Diane Keaton and yeah. it was like Mia Farrow, and now it's kind of like for a bit it was like, ooh, is he going to go to Scarlett Johansson? Is he constantly trying to like chase? Has he got this idea of this woman in his head? He keeps trying to chase her. So when Diane yeah. Keaton gets like, but basically he went out with Diane Keaton and he went out with Mia Farrow. So is he just like trying to replace this pet woman in his head all the time I mean probably I mean like you know it's it's one of those sort of like meta sort of things oh it's my muse I'm in love with her kind of thing I mean like I think you know I think even Woody Allen fans would, would admit this that you know Keaton is is the one who he has the most chemistry with mm. um, I think whenever he's done he's the one they, they kind of like have a, like a lot of like bonding with you know so like Annie Hall you know Manhattan you know, play against Sam, even. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I haven't seen that much Mia Farrow films for her, but, you know, it's kind of like, say, but Keaton is probably, like, number one for him. Really. Mm, I think as well, uh, there's something I will I will give him credit for. Really? Jesus Christ, okay. <laughs> Race yourself, listeners. I'm so shocked. I'm probably about to drop dead after saying this, but I believe that Woody Allen was one of the very first people to start making films in New York after the attacks of 9-11. Because obviously he's he's so intrinsically linked to New York, like he yeah. he embodies a certain type of New York and a certain type of New York and a certain type of era in New York. You gotta give Woody Allen this. He's at least made a film a year, and like and I'm looking for Andy B now, and it's like it's literally on point every year. He's he's had a film at least written by him that has been made, and that's pretty good going. I mean, like I mean, yeah, I, I mean. I mean, not everyone is like. I mean, a lot of people. I need to go away. I need to find myself. It's, you know, the story has to come with me. Woody Allen just writes, and he just, he just yeah, nonstop. It's, it's the same story though. It's the same three or four stories just repeating. Sometimes, I mean, like sometimes it's like. I mean, I don't necessarily mind that. It's sometimes, you know, I think the problem with that is sometimes it's not, it's not well developed enough. You know, sometimes he probably needs to actually you know, need to work on that bit more. But then I kind of like. That say, we're saying that in the same breath, I like the spontaneity of it, you know, sometimes, oh, well, if it works, it works, or if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, but I like that element, but, yeah, the, the, there is that kind of thing where it's like, every year there's no more, you know, which I, actually, I know brings joy to Emma, like, you know. mm, yes, hmm. So, Emma, what's your favourite Woody Allen film? If, if, if I had to make you watch one Woody Allen film, any Woody Allen film, but it had to be, had to at least watch it, what would it be? Can I swallow bleach instead? <laughs> no. Vicky Cristina Barcelona, because he's not fucking in that one. I do quite enjoy Vicky Cristina Barcelona, but it's it's the whole. It's not so much like usually it's a guy chasing after a woman or two women, but this is like it's more set around these two women trying to find themselves in sunny Spain and this fucking. He's basic. He's basically a walking pelvis on legs in that film isn't he just kind of <laughs> swaggers around like my image it's like Javier Bardman Silver from Spectre I just think like whenever I f- imagine him in that film I imagine like a really low cut v-neck top with loads of chest hair and he like leads with his chest 
and his hips kind of and he's just like walking sex and I don't fancy him that but that's the way he comes across like no woman could could ever resist this man look you frigid uptight brown haired New Yorker come with me let me entice you to my house of sin with my sexy Spanish wife we'll have loads of sex with Scarlett Johansson Er, that's just another it's another Woody Allen fucking fuck fantasy basically but now he's too old and decrepit and it would be gross to see his fucking raggedy ass on film I mean, my, my, my main issue is, uh, I think when it comes down to with Woody Allen and the key point, the key film for me is uh, Midnight in Paris. And at, oh, at that time yeah. it was like, oh, Woody Allen back back on form. Oh, it's all so great to have a good, and, you know, a good Woody Allen film. Woody Allen's back. I, I watched that film and it kind of dawned on me the fact that, okay, so it was this point where I realised, all right, so Wood, well, Owen Wilson basically is playing like the Woody Allen cipher. And this kind of happens in all, if not most, of his films, where he has, like, there's basically, like, a Woody Allen character who is the lead, or one of the leads, one of the characters, anyway. And and then you suddenly realise that, hang on, so this character is a writer, is kind of unappreciated, uh, his wife's kind of, like, loving this pretentious prick, and uh, he travels back in time... Uh, kind of basically kind of like Goodnight Sweetheart uh, and uh, and he meets all these famous uh, writers and uh, writers and artists and they all like and he hands them their work and he oh look at that this is very good oh yeah very interesting and he joins and they, they kind of like accepted among the great literacy artists and it's like Woody Allen picturing himself being there accepted but yeah I belong in this table and I will show you my work and they will find it interesting and think it's good and I think, oh, I, I, this is the point where I think, seriously, and people are jizzing themselves over this. And I'm like, and it's pretty much like, you know, I'll meet Savile Dali and he'll say something like really weird in a French accent. Like, I see, uh, are there red rhinoceros? And people go, oh, it's, it's Savile Dali. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's that person. Oh, it's the guy who wrote Great Gatsby. Oh, it's like, oh, fucking hell, really? Seriously? This is meant to be like the great return of the art. And I, I think that's where my main criticism comes from. That's where I say, like, the, you know, the, the wine guzzling broadsheet critics are like, oh, have you seen you, Woody Allen? You know, it's, it comes from there, really. That is, my, that is my, probably my main introduction to Woody Allen film, really, watching that film and thinking, well, that was a bit rubbish. Apparently, he's going to do a TV series on Amazon for Amazon Prime, isn't he? So oh god, I'm of course he sure is. I'm sure everyone will be fucking jizzing their pants over that. Oh, I'm going to get Amazon Prime just for that. Oh, I get to watch some pretentious wankery once a week now, yay! The thing is, yeah. With the, a the lovely Monet. The thing is, though, and, and you know, I, I, I say this as someone who I have not seen... I think Gian's got so many films, and I, I kind of want to watch at least majority of them. Just so, because if I'm going to hate the guy, I want to at least understand the guy, or at least I want to give him a chance to kind of go, yeah, you know what, he's good in this, or he's good at that, or those films were good, you know, I you know, I want to at least give the guy, at least see what people see in it, it's like, it's like, but then again, it's it also comes to that kind of like sense of, I'm a glut for punishment, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like, if the new Michael Bay film comes out, I really want to see it, even though it's probably going to be shit. Like, new Transformers film, if whenever that comes out. I'm going to, there's no doubt I'm going to watch that, even though I know it's going to be, like, three hours of boredom. 
but I'm going to see it anyway. To make sure this podcast wasn't just me swearing for an hour and a half, uh, we asked on Twitter and Facebook the question, Woody Allen, genius or not? And uh, Kevin Wright at Weak Lemon Drink, bloody hell, that's hard to read, he's made some <laughs> genius movies. And, and, and a nice Fist of Fun reference. He's made some genius movies, but I think he's a bit erratic. Robert James Peacock at Peaky76 said, Difficult to overlook private life allegations, even when trying to separate the art from the man. See? Peaky76 yeah. knows what's going on. Yeah. Jack Stewart at Duke just said, Genius. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, you might want to consider your life choices, Jack. <laughs> See, it wasn't me who said that. It wasn't me who said the bitchy comment. I, 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 I would care for elaboration, really. It's like, okay, is that it? No, that's it. Just oh. genius. Anyway, on Facebook, Adam Massingham said, I really enjoyed whatever works. The only opinion I can, I feel I can give him at this stage. And Dave Bond said, Chris Byrne is well-versed in my opinion, so I'm sure he can report them directly. Tell us, Chris Byrne. Tell us yeah. what Dave Bond's opinion is of Woody Allen. Tell us, tell us. Is he one of us? One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. Uh, no, he's a big Woody Allen fan. And uh, I think I think his favourite is Hannah Sisters, what he told me. So, oh, I'm God. so disappointed. Uh, but, but right however, now. it's like he, he did tell me to watch uh, Play It Again, Sam. And I kind of like agree with it. And he was kind of like chuffed how like, I actually was like, yeah, I quite liked it. So I think if he was to say to anyone new to Woody Allen, or anyone who had issues with it, watch play against Sam because that's kind of like that shows his strengths, but is less his weaknesses. I tell you what, after this podcast goes out, like properly, I will watch play it against Sam, and I will see if that changes my opinion on Woody Allen. I don't think it will, no, but neither, it might. Neither do but, I, but you know. But I, I think he might go. You know what? That is less annoying. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Our next, our next flick was picked by Tony Black, who you can follow on Twitter at Black Hole Writer or some shit. Don't follow him because he's evil and he's horrible, and he's fucking specifically asked not for this film to be picked, and he fucking picked it. And you should... I know. Thank you, Tony. Okay, 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 you, okay. So, why? What film would you rather have reviewed just, for this? I just. <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather. Directed by Woody Allen. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I actually instantly, I kind of want to watch that film. Just like Deadpool wisecracking, but in Woody Allen, just like <laughs> spitting out his chewing. That sounds amazing to me. You know, while like cutting people's heads off. You know, just like sort of like. You know, I, you know, I, 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 I've got his rash. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're finding it funny <laughs> instantly. Oh, God. So, yeah, but it'd be such a train wreck. Come on. Tony used his powers for evil. He picked Manhattan. Tony Black named after his heart. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Manhattan <laughs> is a 1979 American romantic comedy drama film directed by Woody Allen and produced by Charles H. Doff. The screenplay was written by Allen and Marshall Bickman. Allen co-stars as a twice-divorced 42-year-old comedy writer who dates a 17-year-old girl. I'm going to stop there. Anybody home? Uh-huh. Yeah? I got an unbelievable story to tell you. Absolutely incredible. You okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Just let me get one glass of brown water and I'll be... Fine, because I'm dying of thirst. Yeah, I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. 
So I go over to Jill's this morning, right? Because I'm real annoyed over all that junk she printed in the book. Yeah. I and, and, and I'm, you know. Before you get wound up, there's just something I, I want to tell What's you. What's the matter? You look, you well, look pale. What's the matter? Hey, what? Is there something wrong? What is it? I think I'm still in love with Yale. What? You... Are you kidding? You are? Yes. Well, when did this happen? What... You are or you think you are? I started seeing him again. When? Since when? Just since today. That's why I wanted to be open about it. Jesus, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I think I've always been in love with him. How does he feel about it? Well, he wants to move out of his place so that we can live together. I'm stunned. I'm, 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 I'm in a state of. Uh, somebody should throw a blanket over me. You know. I'm, well, you see, he called me several times in a very depressed and confused state, and he, he still loves me. This is shaping up like a Noel Coward play, you know? Somebody should go out and make some martinis. I don't blame you for being furious with me. I'm too stunned to be furious. Well, then I wish you would. I wish you'd get angry so that we could have it out, so that we could get it out in the open. I don't get angry, okay? I mean, I have a tendency to internalize. I can't express anger. That's one of the problems I have. I, I grow a tumor instead. Well, I told you that, that I was trouble from the beginning, from when we first started dating. So what, is, what does your analyst say? I mean, did you speak to him? Well, Donnie's in a coma. He had a very bad acid experience. Woody Allen is... He's himself in this fucking film. And he's going out yeah. with a teen. He's going out with a child. And she is... The way she's written, she's a fucking child. She's naive and innocent and just so, like, ooh, fairies and butterflies. She's got this whole, like, kind of ditzy, dozy aura about her. But he falls in love with Diane Keaton, who's also his best friend's mistress or some shit because it's not fucking twisted enough. Yeah, well, but yeah. basically, it's like Diane Keaton's the... the the woman who his best mate is having an affair with with his wife. You know, so and, Woody and... Allen wants to fucking... He wants to go after her. So, and she's like, perfection. She's unattainable. So he goes after Diane Keaton and he fucks off this poor 17-year-old girl. And what are her, what are her parents doing to her parents not aware that she's going out with a twice-divorced 42-year-old? Do they not give oh, a fuck? It is face free. They're rich. Free, They're rich. And it's funny because, like, watching it, it was like saying, like, "Oh, I, I'm 33." But really, you look 44. It's, yeah. It, but then, but then, you I'm, look no, ancient. Like, so that goes what what, what uh, Chris Chris was saying. Now, like, you know, Woody Allen's always looked the same. It's like he's like he looked for 33. Well, I, I'm 33, and you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I look great, but fuck's sake, I do not look like Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like. He, he like he's already he's balding. He, he you know he, he looks he look just generally odd. Just generally, Woody Allen just looks like a bit weird. You know he he kind of kind of looks like someone you play on like um uh, what what's what's the call of that uh that that kind of flip game with the I, I, identity thing. What's it? Guess who? Yes, he he looks like someone. You play <laughs> on. He looks like someone you 
looks like an identity of a person, looks like a sex killer. It's like, have you seen this man? Yes, it's he, he looks. He, he looks like a real life cartoon drawing. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that. I mean, is I, what he looks like. I have so many feelings about this film. Most of them negative, but it's like the end of it, which, by the way, you know, is really creepy in that mm. he basically turns down Dan Keaton, the whole thing goes to shit, and he she says, leaves oh, him. it's fine. She goes back to um, Yale. Oh, she, she goes back to, yeah, I don't know. Yale. It's like, surprise, out, surprise. Oh, the, the girl who's, like, sh- he's shagging, like, taking men, like, the, the, you know, you, you go with her, and on surprise, surprise, she fucks you over. Oh, really? Well, Elsa Priest. Yeah. Let's talk about the good things, right? It it looked great. You know, you can't. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it it looks classy. I mean, I know like it was you know, shot well. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know what like you know Emma was saying like, oh, it's black and white. But things are black and white. Actually, does look good. You know, for whatever reason, it kind of just looks good, and it's well shot. It's well. Yeah. It's got like surprises like, oh shit, they're in it. Kind of thing like you know like I, each time I forget. Oh shit, Mel Streep's in this. You know. Um, yeah. And. You know, I think it's it, it doesn't play on comedy a bit more. It just plays a bit more on relationship. I get what you know. I mean, I, I originally watched this bat to bat with Annie Hall, so I kind of felt like felt like, all oh, right, well, this is kind of like the same sort of thing, like Woody Allen and uh, just various dropping in and out, and you know, he's in love with Diane Keen again, and she's kooky again. Uh, and um, oh my god, she's so kooky! Lol's mega random. But. Um, <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying about, uh, is it Mira Hemingway? But I, I, I guess what Woody Allen was trying to say with her is that she's, you know, she's me, but she's kind of like free from all the bullshit. Everyone else is full of shit, but yeah, she's not. Yeah, but he spends the whole, like, first half of the film building up how, like, how childish she is. And he, like, says, like, oh, you know, we can never have a serious relationship. That's only because he's fucking gonna met Diane Keaton. Then he goes running back to her when he gets dumped. <laughs> yeah. I think I think oh, I, I'm gonna. Def- I feel like I'm defending him as well. Sorry, I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there is like I write the beginning scene where he's like he's he's with uh, his his best mate and his wife and uh, he's with uh, his sixty year old girlfriend and he, he's kind of making jokes like I'm, I'm I'm with a girl who does homework like you know there's that kind of like anxiety kind of like what the fuck am I doing I'm with a 19 yeah. year old you know and he, and he said, like, and I think it's like various lines where he does say like oh I keep encouraging you to actually go out and find someone else really because like I know so this then, is kind of like why does he go th- where after then she's young and stupid she'll have me because I'm a total fucking well the, I can't film, get women of my end. own age to stay with me and yeah. she just goes oh I'll tell you what I know I'm supposed to be going to London, which you told me to do, but gosh darn it, you're so damn cute. I'll give us another chance. Like, bitch, please. You could go find <laughs> yourself a nice... English men are fit. The well, accent, and you go, you know, I question well, your choices. This is this is the bit that makes me angry about Manhattan. And, like, and this goes back to what uh, play against Sam. What I liked about it, it doesn't do that thing. Basically... He goes, oh shit, I'm I'm single and alone, and he then suddenly has a like a light bulb go, bing. Oh, hang on, this seventeen-year-old girl actually was you actually fucking adore me, appreciated me. Why yeah. the fuck did I not res- respect and appreciate her while she while I was with her? So he runs back and used to, and and literally my my first instinct when watching this film, and this is why I got, I got so angry, was he's like he's gonna run in and tell actually, you know what, I was a dick to you. I pre, uh, you know, you, you you deserve better. You should go off. To, you know, you deserve to, that to be told that from me because I never appreciated you. 
go off to London and 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 make something of yourself, go to university. No, instead he goes like, no, don't go to university. Yeah. Stay here with me because I'm still a selfish prick. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I don't want the thing about. I don't want the thing I like about you to change. I don't want you to grow as a person because I like having this like this child. I mean, I do like her thing at the end where she's like, you know, you've got to have a little faith in people. Not everybody gets corrupted, and I like that. And it's weird in that he's like, oh yeah, whatever, all that sort of thing. And he does treat her so shittily in this. I mean, that's the yeah. reason. I mean, she, I, the thing is, though, she does tell him, and she does actually. I mean, like, I will say so one slightly positive thing. I got from this viewing. I mean, well, I watched it once, and I got I like want to throw things after watching it. But I think it's not necessarily in the whole ending as a sense. It's like when she says that line. It's like it, I feel like I'm, and I could be wrong. I don't know what it is, but I felt like the expression on his face was instantly like, "Oh, I get it." Um, I thought, <sighs> but I say that as <laughs> I am going off like an expression on a, on a face. Yeah. <laughs> Be that as it may, I mean, that'll be the last positive thing I will say about Woody Allen. I would just like to say that, Tony Black, I'm going to get you back for this. And you're not going to know when it's going to happen. So you're going to be waiting for... Get get him to do a podcast of Adam Sandler films, because they are truly just devoid of joy. I'm about to play the long con. Just (laughs) In about 15 years, I'm just going to run him over with my car and be like, that's your man, I... And he'd be like, who the fuck are you, crazy lady? <laughs> no, I'll tell, tell you what to do if you're going to do a long revenge. It's like, build up enough money, send him to New York as a mysterious benefactor, and then run him over and say, ha, how'd you like my pattern now? Well, obviously, I'm not going to tell him my super awesome revenge plan on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll DM you real we'll quick. Save it for Twitter. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Finger pyramid of evil. We would like to thank Tony Black for his nomination, and you can follow Thanks, him. Thanks, Tony. Broadcasting straight from Thanks, Tony. I actually quite enjoyed where you watched the Woody Allen. So Shut you. up, Chris. <laughs> God, yeah. so just suck up. Right. <laughs> so. It's quiz time, it's quiz time, it's quiz time. Both Chris's. Oh, there's a, there's a quiz? There's oh. always a quiz. Oh, shit. So, oh, shit, all right. right it, this is, it's between the two of you. Because oh, okay. I, I know the answers, I'm not playing along. And I can't play quizzes because I get really angry if I lose. We all remember the podcast to it quiz. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, and you know what? Well done you, because I knew jack shit you about anything. You supposed to be on my team. I, I, and, and yeah, we won purely on the fact that Emma just like was like kind of like not only good but kind of aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get really pissed. Off. I, I think I got like two or three questions, and then that was it. <laughs> so. I remember kicking off because other teams were getting asked, "Why did you pick this this film?" And mine was like, "Name all the characteristics of Stripperella," and I was just like, "This is bullshit. This is absolute." And Tony was like, "Shut up, you winner!" And I was like, "This is not the point. Yes, I'm winning. Of course, I'm winning." It's about fairness. Alright. Yes, sir. I don't want to lose it. Anyway, the quiz. Quiz. Right. Uh, so, just, I don't know, just shout out the answers. I'll figure out who it's on now. Question one. What, what, what's the quiz on? It's on Woody Allen films. Oh, fuck. Mm, Alright. It's on Blue Jasmine. Oh, God. That last one's so pretentious. God. <laughs> oh, honestly, my stomach just rolled over. Right. Oh. What golf tournament does Kate Blanchett at one point mention in Blue Jasmine? Oh, uh, US uh, Open. No. Radical. No. No, pass. 
The Masters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then. Which famous George Gershwin piece appears in Manhattan and is said to have inspired the movie? Uh, can I? Rhapsody in Blue. Yes, Pixar. You are correct. I, I, oh, oh. yeah. I was going to say I don't know the name of it, but hey. I know. Do I'm you know right. why? Do, do you know why? Because it's in Manhattan as well. It's the same bit of music. Hey, <laughs> Question three. Which 1947 play is Blue Jasmine said to bear similarities to? Uh, Streetcar. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so that is true. Oh, he's kicking my ass now. I don't think anyone's ever I... had two right in a row in any of Tony's quizzes. So... Yeah. I'm channeling my complete ambivalence about this film into something. Yeah. In Manhattan, the name of which painted as Isaac grew frustrated at Mary for pronouncing. Uh, uh I don't know. That's a fucking not an artist. Um, shit, I don't know. Uh, Fine, oh, okay. Uh, final question: How does Woody Allen write his screenplays? On a typewriter. He does. He does write them on a typewriter. The only thing where <laughs> could be if he wrote them with a fucking quill. Fuck you, Woody Allen. <laughs> and that is how I want to end this podcast. Fuck you. Fuck Woody <laughs> Allen. Fuck him up his stupid ass. Right, Chris Byrne, Chris Haig, where can we find you on the interweb? You can find me on Twitter at higher underscore boy. Um, I'm generally on Pick a Flick these days. I will be doing Dead Meat in the next few weeks. Yes. With, um, the incredible Platosaurus. Dead Meat. Dead Meat, Dead Meat, Dead Meat. It's not even our theme music. Got it. We need theme what? music. Where it's just I, I, have, you got, have you got theme we do, music? We do have theme music, but it's it's not dead mood, dead mood, dead mood. So is, is this part of Pick and Flick, or is this kind of like its own separate thing? Dead Meat is part of uh, the Black Hole Media Network, but we are now a proper full-length podcast. Yeah. Mm. Oh, lovely. And in a weird way, in a weird way, I consider this this uh, podcast our own little kind of shoot-off for a, a future podcast where we all just talk shit for a good hour about stuff we hate. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, let's, let, let's find out stuff we all hate. Yeah, you can find me on the Cinematronics on Twitter. You can uh, go on my website, cinematronics.co.uk. And by the way, it's Cinematronics with an X, not like uh, I see it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've got two podcasts. One, the Cinematronics podcast, which I barely update uh, just because I've got no fucking time at the moment. But I am currently doing uh, Do You Expect Us Talk, which is a bond which is a Bond podcast about the Bond films. We're going through each Bond film as we go, as uh, with uh, David Bond, as was the name during this episode, and Rebecca Andrews. And after we finish with Bond, we will move on to other franchises, such as Indian Star Trek. Yay! There we are. And you can follow, <laughs> you can follow uh, Do You Expect to Talk on Twitter at Expect Us To Talk. You can follow us on Twitter at Facebook. You can listen to our show on iTunes. Feel free to like us on iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, all that jazz. You can find me on Twitter if you're really that interested. <laughs> I'm Crushinator 2, but I am really not that interested. Can I ask a question? Why are you called Crushinator 82? Right, okay. I was originally just the Crushinator, and the name. <laughs> okay, okay. Why are you called the Crushinator? <laughs> because I was playing, uh, I think it was 
City of Villains with my brother many years ago, and I got to make a villain, and I needed a villain name, and I just watched Futurama, and in Futurama, there's a big fat robot called the Crushinator, and she falls in love with Bender, and she ends up going, ah. Look, oh, I love him, and I was like, Crushinator sounds like an awesome name. So I took that for my DC name, and I took that for my Twitter name, and then some asswipe hacked my original Crushinator account. So that's why I'm Crushinator too. If you're listening, you're a prick. You can follow me on Twitter at Christianator2, even if you only follow me for my um, New Day Rocks tweet, which I send out every Tuesday morning because New Day Rock. You can also follow me at Dead Meat Horror because that's where my podcast and shit is. Dead Meat is a crash course in horror, in academic horror theory. The next podcast is going to be myself and the amazing Chris Haig talking Final Girl Theory, which I am, according to my tutor, a fucking world-class expert on Take That, Carol Fulver. Boom. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Pick a Flip. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.